SequelCast 2 and Friends is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Maybe Woody Allen, maybe Spike Lee. send that list to us yes please wow sorry a cat just dug all the talons into my knee Uh, um for a second i was like did you just say how like how damn it (laughs) now in this day and age what am i a fucking computer genius ladies and gentlemen i'm just a caveman your modern technology confuses and frightens me you want me to type every letter and word in this web address who can who has the time to type that many w's that's just insane. I think maybe the thing I miss the most about living in Georgia, other than obviously the Waffle House, is the, um, and then one more for 4K, uh, um, the commercials for websites when they'd say www.blahblahblah.com. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is, it's not giving me access to the uh, list. Looks like I have to pay for it. Um, yeah, I'm getting the same thing. Weird. I'm not. Okay, I will just read these huh. things out loud. I see the Blu-ray one is not giving me access. But um, what about the DVD link? The so the, I think uh, that, 4K one works for me. I've got the 53 most highest selling on Media Play News. I don't know. Let's see if it's accurate with yours. Um. I'll take the gander. Yeah, this, you know, this one's pretty good. This is pretty, this is is good enough, I think, for what we're doing. So thank you. We'll just use this one. Okay. And uh, we're recording, so. Hello, and welcome to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a movie about uh, video games. Uh, Fuck me. Hello, and welcome to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a podcast looking at uh, movies and video games and other pop culture stuff. This time around is a uh, special episode talking about sort of the death of physical media. We've, we've kind of covered this before, but especially with the um, the COVID-19, uh, I don't know if it's a pandemic or an endemic or what you technically call it at this point, we're about three years uh, into it still being a pretty um, strong thing that, that's uh, killing people, a lot of people, unfortunately. Um, it is clear that physical media ain't what it used to be and if you've gone into a, a walmart or a best buy or um whatever your local electronic store is the section they're selling stuff on disc is awfully small um and with a lot of stuff being streaming only and, and services like hbo max cutting shows left and right uh, there there's even reports of um 
showrunners having to pirate their own shows to have a copy of it. This is what cracks me up, too, is that when you do go to a Target or a Walmart or what have you, and you get to the, why well, I guess we'll call them video section, the most thing, the things that you see the most of are fucking Netflix original shows. That's <laughs> fucking, like, yeah, the Stranger Things. Yeah. Season two of fucking Stranger Things. I can't yes. watch that at home. Right? That kills and, me. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed, and... Um... I mean, yeah, where do we start on this? We both, you know, grew up as as uh, pretty um, heavy physical media collectors. And in fact, we just had a thing where a friend uh, came over and we kind of threw kind of a kind of a dinner party 40th birthday for her at, at our uh, at the Palatial Sequel Cast 2 Studios in Portland, Oregon. Nice. And um, and there she was initially she was in the mood to watch a movie and I, I mentioned clerks three and she's like you know his best thing was probably dogma and i said well yeah that's one of them and it's out of print because uh touchstone was supposed to release it and then because it's owned by disney and because of their religious protesting against dogma before it came out by oh, uh, people that, need, that didn't even see the film right uh right uh, the rights of the film were bought solely by the executive producer, who unfortunately is Harvey Weinstein. Oh. So, so that film you can't find streaming, you can't buy it as a digital purchase, you can't do shit with it, man. Like the, unless the you want to buy like a used DVD or on, on Amazon or something. On Amazon, uh, some of yeah. the prices are going up to several hundred dollars for the. You can Shopping. get a region-free Australian Blu-ray with all the special features for I think um, between between ten to twenty bucks, which isn't so bad. But that's but still, bad, yeah. that that's, that's something ridiculous. that was uh, a film that starred uh, Alan Rickman, George Carlin, starred a lot of big people, right? Yeah, that's an um, ensemble, man. That's a an big ensemble. One. It was a major studio release i mean i didn't make like american pie money or anything right but still it that you can't find it even even when when the disney fox acquisition happened uh it became hard for me to buy a set of the diehard movies from amazon new yeah and that's obnoxious because like here this is what's so funny is that like in my head i'm like oh i just i just think like by default that there's a diehard trilogy or a quark septology whatever it is now blu-ray set out there and it's accessible and it's not like a weird thing and then i got there and it's kind of not you know i feel like i was like so is, is die hard not popular enough and that people aren't you know like clamoring for a, a definitive blu-ray collection of all the die hard movies and then i'm thinking no it's not that people don't love die hard it's just that physical media is on the wing and it breaks my heart because like that's everything yeah, well, I, uh, well, I guess I'm... I should I should introduce my co-host here. Excuse me. Oh um, yes, do that too. We, we have we have Thrasher with me. Hello. And Alex. Hello. I own laser discs. Man, I I never had a laser disc player. I knew a, a no few one did a laser disc player, but I never got to witness one in person except maybe at a convention. And I'm like, wow, that video isn't as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was, it was funny because I didn't actually grow up with it. Um. Uh, every year when I get my tax return and I'm like, I'm going to buy a stupid frivolous thing that is fucking completely useless. And that year I decided sure, to sure. buy a laser disc player and the, uh, the criterion, um, James Bond, uh, laser discs for the forbidden Terrence Young commentary. And yeah, oh, those the, are infamous. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they are infamous for a reason. He is a raunchy dude. 
and doesn't have great opinions about Indian people, at least according to some of the uh, slurs on some of those. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Yep. Um, Anyhow. (laughs) Back on track. Yeah, back. Stay on target. Um, It really, uh, you know, Thrasher and I were were talking a little bit before uh, the the show on this this morning, but um, I got is certainly a heightened interest in film, but frankly, I got a better film education out of special features on, on DVDs and Blu-rays than I did taking any film class in college. Oh, totally. And like, you know, we, I, I can say this for the three of us, we all grew up in the age of VHS and that yes. was huge. And that was the movie. You had the movie, you had some previews, you had some trailers for other films. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you could, you know, I'm sure we could all like, you know, imitate our favorite, you know, VHS brand, um, uh, you know, sound like Border Home Video or TriStar Entertainment or something. We all know the music, you know. Um, and that was like phenomenal. And then like when DVD happened, it was a revelation because like bonus features, commentaries, um, interviews. And, and, and you had that on Laserdisc, but Laserdisc, it was like to to get um, sort of like a top tier Laserdisc of, let's say, the, the infamous... Uh... What is it? I keep on saying infamous because it's a sexy sounding word. Infamous, <laughs> infamous, infamous. Uh, it, like the, the alien set on Laserdisc was one of the better ones, right? Right. And that was like a hundred bucks or, or something retail. Yeah, Laserdisc was like the, the I feel like the bougie home video thing. Like, yeah. you know, producers yeah. had it. Sure. Your, your and, childless um, uncle Gary had it, you know. I can't make a deal, buddy, until you get a Laserdisc player and go to Dave's Lasers on 24... <laughs> Los but, Angeles. But don't Avenue. call him Dave. He fucking hates that. No, yeah, but uh, and and if you bring him an extra dog for pinks, he can uh, sometimes slip you a, a coupon for five cents off. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things where DVD basically took the, the laser disc special feature things, put it in a smaller package where it was, you know, the same size as a DVD. DVD. The packaging was smaller, which was part of the appeal. I, I think, believe it or not, and and the price was right which I think is the big thing that drives U.S. consumer electronics. It's often not quality. I mean, VHS won over Sony Betamax, even though Sony Betamax had better picture and sound and and things. Um, It has to be, is it cheap enough for the masses to get it? And I convinced my my family to, I would pay half and they would pay the other half for a Christmas present of a DVD player when they cost, I think, $400. Right. Yeah. And, um, it was a. I went with the Sony, which was smart, and I, I think I still think Sony is is very good for, as long as you pay up a certain amount of money. Not their cheap products are very poor, but if if you're in kind of the mid range of pricing stuff and above, I think they're they're quite good, uh, if you can swing the extra dough. And that thing last. I think that DVD player still is working. Like the laser still hasn't died on it. It's a real champ. Oh, and totally. I think I, and my first DVD was uh, Austin Powers. Nice. Because uh, New Line had the Platinum series, and, and they were, uh, even though it, for me, more of a scrappy, smaller studio, they weren't one of the big majors like Warner Brothers. Um, they, had, by far, had the, the, the best special features of, like, documentaries, uh, commentaries, uh, kind of hidden Easter eggs, or if you click a little thing on the menu, maybe a, a, a goofy deleted scene that's hidden. Um, uh, what was I your first DVD, Alex? My first DVD, I'm embarrassed to admit this, especially now, um, was <clears throat> the 1991, I want to say, uh, Steven Seagal vehicle out for justice. Okay. It was like, 
it, even then it was pretty cheap for a DVD. It was like six ninety nine, and we had just gotten a DVD nice. player for Christmas. My uh, older brother got it for like four of the family, and we're at Walmart, and it was like even it was. I love that like even when DVD was new, Steven Seagal movies were still in the bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, was it one of those warner brothers snapper things where it had the yes. black uh yeah one uh, one disc is latch on the screen. side the other disc is full screen um yes yes and it was funny i remember i was like oh yeah no this, this one like this i was like this is the good one all right you know scenes called movies basically kind of suck i'm like this is the actual good one though all right i remember like my high school girlfriend at the time i was like well it's like this is a cool movie and um we started watching it and she's like all right i get the action yada 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 but she's like, this guy's a fucking bully. He just breaks arms and shit. Like, he's a bully. He's, he's, he should just arrest these guys. And like, you don't have to break their arms and legs and shit. That's Steven Seagal to a T. Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, I could go on a, a, a rant about Steven Seagal. But um, the, the thing that uh, I'd say the more formative early DVD purchases, though, were um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Richard Linklater's mm. Slacker and... Um, because it was a Criterion release, and I didn't know what Criterion was. I just saw the fancy artwork, and it looked cool, and it had all these features. And then it was like, wow, I'm learning shit. Wow, there's a short film. Wow, I can mm. see Richard Linklater's first movie, which has never been seen before, because it's a bonus feature on Slacker. Well, in Criterion, you would have you know these, these excellent essays in the booklets that came with the disc. You would have often film historians giving a really rigorous commentary, where some of these commentaries, even today... Uh, if you if they still even have them, uh, you you would have a guy uh, who hasn't seen the movie in a while, going like just narrating what's happening on the screen. Oh, this is when the guy gets the gun. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the scene. The scene is sort of intense. Or like uh, describing of... very obvious behind the scenes things, like the the cameraman had to light this scene specially because it was uh, dark right. out. Like, oh no shit. Okay, so so Thrasher, you and I um, essentially met in a film. Uh, 101 class, right? Yes. In college, it was was it was it digital film introduction to digital film or, or something? I think it 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 was the it was the one with uh, Professor Gokhan, wasn't it? Yeah, the delightful mad Turkish man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That he, was it. Was introduction to digital film. Yes. Yeah, Gokhan gained early internet celebrity by um, doing a video with some CG enhancement where he imitated the the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator's robot head turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a very, very old thing. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but that that's uh, that's Mr. Uh, uh, Gokhan, who is um, delightfully batty. And, well, he, um, he had some great stories from actually working in the industry. In Turkey. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, like the, that story about, about the whole studio that burned down. Yes, and there was some something where they were doing one shot uh, with with real effects where they were blowing up a bridge, but someone made the hand motion a little bit too early because he was explaining it to another part of the crew, so the explosive <laughs> people set it off. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> like there's nothing we can do. Oh, uh, maybe just film, you know, the little dredglings at the end of the bridge exploding. Yeah, the, the, but, the Kurdish the Kurdish Turkish film industry is actually kind of fucking crazy. Um, if you want some uh believe it or not some like you can't make this shit up stories look up about ilmaz guni um he's okay. just yeah, yeah directed films from prison for killing a judge i'll just say that much that's a sounds yeah. like a nice fella okay so so thrasher um what was some of your first dvds that you found formative and what kind of introduced you to 
the format because I had, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a two dozen or so videotapes. But when it came to DVD, I mean, my, my collection now is um, probably since I moved them to, to kind of cases, uh, to sort of these big DJ cases with the to just save space. I mean, well, I probably have friend. maybe a collection that's 2000 strong of <laughs> yeah. uh, mixture of DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. So. My friend, uh, my friend Todd was the one who introduced me to the concept of DVDs because he was he was an early adopter and he just fell in love with the format. Um, but the first the first DVD I ever owned was the Bubblegum Crisis DVD that came out in I think ninety nine or two thousand. And anime. Yo, yeah, it's an anime, and it has you know it has the original Japanese language, it has subtitles, it has the it has the the dub from the eighties. You know, a few a few special features, animated menus. Uh, uh, I think it even has the like the the hurricane live concerts as one of the special features. But um, to just know how early in the format this was, this was not sold to video stores. This was sold to places that sold video games, like Electronics Boutique and Babbage's mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it was packaged like a vi- like a PC game. So it had like the it had like the larger box, and then the the discs were in individual jewel cases, just like audio CDs. But I still have it. I still watch it. It's a very nice DVD set. But um, I super got into DVDs and started really investing into DVDs in college. And it was a, a it was a it was sort of a holy trinity. It was the that all came about at about the same time that I sank a lot of my spare cash into. There was the Simpson DVDs. Oh, that's the a Mr. Different. Show with Bob and David DVDs and Troma DVDs. Yeah, the Simpsons DVDs, I mean, are legendary. Still they, are. They are they are the gold standard for doing complete series box sets. Yeah, they absolutely definitely. are. If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products, like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy holidays from HyperX. Yeah, and um, for a, a brief time, there was a, a streaming-only service that did, was maybe five bucks a month, pretty reasonable fee, called Simpsons World, that did commentary oh, yeah. for the new stuff when they stopped releasing the box season sets. But now that, um, I mean, all, all these acquisitions, I, I think, frankly, have been hideous and should have been stopped by the, the U.S. government. But uh, the, the mergers of Fox and, and Disney, you can watch um, all the Disney stuff except for one episode, the Michael Jackson one, streaming all right and, there, and there's none of the special features none of the commentaries which is bullshit um that absolutely is obnoxious. um and that's the thing too is that um the argument one of the biggest arguments in favor of physical media is that streaming isn't perfect because internet isn't perfect wi-fi isn't perfect the electricity can you know well if the electricity goes out nothing's working but if the wi-fi goes out you're fucked and also, yep. what is, is I don't trust the cloud. Sorry, I know I sound like yep. a cantankerous old man, but I don't, I don't believe that I really own something if I can't hold it in my hands or look at it. 
Well, th- this is true. This is just as true now as it was when the whole concept of cloud storage was really being pushed. There is no such thing as the cloud. There are only other people's computers. Right. I, it's like it's it's different from like it's like the different difference between like uh, investing your money and putting it in your bank. You know what I mean? Is that like I know when the bank opens tomorrow, I can drive up there and take it out. Whereas I, I I don't think I can go to wherever a brokerage firm is. And you know what I mean? So like, and that's, it, it kills me though, because like um, you, you lose audio commentaries and you lose different language tracks or, or captions or what have you. But what you lose is ownership. Like you said, you, you own someone else's yes. share of it. And that sucks. <laughs> And, and it goes deeper than that. When you do like a digital film purchase, you're not purchasing the movie. You are purchasing a license to watch that movie. Yes. And that is a license that can be revoked for many reasons. Exactly. You're, it's like getting a card that says, you know, you're part of a special club now. Um, and it, it's annoying. And like there, I think I only I own two films digitally and it's uh, John Sales' City of Hope. And I only bought it because I couldn't find it on they don't make it on DVD or Blu-ray. I hope they will someday. And um, the Richard Brooks movie, um, Something of Value of, uh, with Rock Hudson and, and um, Sidney Poitier about the Mau Mau uprising. Mm. And yeah, the, and again, that's the only reason I don't have that is because it's not on disc anywhere. <clears throat> and the thing, too, though, is that there are. Well, I think one of the things that makes physical media so important to me is that um, my lifelong love of uh, martial arts films and Hong Kong kung fu movies like the John Woo joints and stuff like that. Because for the longest time on VHS, it was a great introduction. You could get, you know, A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, uh, Super Cop or whatever. But it was often dubbed poorly at that. Um, They would change the soundtrack around. and then DVD happens, and then you get the proper aspect ratio. You get the proper language tracks. Sometimes two language tracks, Cantonese and Mandarin. Um, and then now, instead of you know this like niche cult thing, you actually have like a real film. You have something that you can you know actually present without irony, without tongue in cheek laughter. And that's really special to me. And the fact that there's like this lack of interest in making them or in producing them. Um, I mean, I, I have a freaking repu- I had a reputation in Chinatown, Boston, cause I was the one Guaylo, the one white kid that would go there and buy up all these movies. Um, <laughs> they were like, Oh, uh, the, the guy was always like, man, you like the old stuff. Um, cause I would buy what was called the Chinese red films. They were made in like the forties and fifties and they're basically uh, propaganda war movies. Um, but again, like these are movies that don't even have fucking IMDb profiles. Um, and it's just the special, unique thing, and I I don't see any streaming network that shows this shit. And I think if they did, they probably wouldn't be translated properly, or they'd probably have a crappy bandwidth and you know, uh, fucking picture quality. Well, and I, I'm glad you said that. I mean, when when we covered uh, the um, what is it, battle against honor and humanity, or those those um, yeah, the Yakuza papers. The Yakuza, thank you, Yakuza paper films. The, the we all watched it, you know, stream it on Amazon Prime, which is all great. But like the uh, the bottom of a lot of the subtitles were just cut off because it was, um, you know, uh, encoded incorrectly on whoever's you know giving the file with the subtitles to Amazon. And those and were very plot heavy movies. Yes, and there and, and I mean, yeah, I I can tell if the bottom of something is a G or a P, but that's still extra right. 
work I have to do. And that's something that that's why you have quality control and why you cannot automate everything by computers. You need to have, I, I mean, I, I've worked in testing for software, so I do have strong feelings about QA, but you need to have someone do a final, a fresh set of eyes, do a check on something. Yeah. And though what pisses me off too is that I bet the captions on fucking Rings of Power and Miss Maisel's look perfect. <laughs> oh no, they're, they're they're sparkling 8K uh, letters that dance around the screen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Give you a back rub and fucking the, take out your garbage. The, they even pop up in Elvish time time. No, it's yeah, it's it's really <laughs> really quite something. It's um, man, yeah, it's and and to, to defend some streaming services, some do have special features like the the Criterion streaming service i i think it's a little expensive otherwise i would get a subscription to it and i'm a bit cheap uh spendthrift uh, rather that's what there ways to say that um you know uh, the criterion one has a lot of the commentaries and special features not everything um and and, all, and also streaming is like the the old days of watching cable television and tv and stuff it if something's not going to be there forever yeah that's the other thing too the only pe- the only streaming network i feel like i can get away with that is movie because they're right, the whole thing is that mm-hmm. it's a uh, thirty films, and then every day they introduce a new one, and for that every day one kind of gets bumped out. But that kind of makes it like a rep house almost. It's like, oh, I gotta catch you know the screening of uh, Ashes of Time before it fucking disappears, you know. Um, that, which is actually kind of fun. It, it kind of it kind of reintroduces a sense of, um, I guess, uh, not like responsibility, but I guess um, ambition, I guess, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, well, urgency. Also, it also kind of recreates that the the thing that I loved about like late night cable in the nineties, just discovering something. Yes. Cause it cropped up and you weren't expecting it. Right. And then, you know, the older we get, the harder it is to discover new shit. Cause you know, there's a lot of, you know, been doing this for a while. Or um, weird old shit. You know? Right. Well, or exactly. you want to watch the, the old stuff that on one level, a it, it's, you should be consuming new stuff uh, at least some of the time. But also, um, there isn't a lot of old stuff on most of these streaming services. Even, I mean, to show you how bad or bad the situation has, has gotten, my mom even called me on the phone and says, how do I watch old movies? There's nothing on the streaming services. She she said, I mean, it strikes me as kind of weird, but it's like, is it okay if I buy a DVD? I'm like, I don't care. Like, sure. <laughs> and, and she went, really wanted to watch the, the classic multiple award-winning uh, miniseries Lonesome Dub. And so she went on Amazon and she bought it for, uh, it might have been, I don't know, 20 bucks or, or, or 10 bucks or whatever it is. And I mean, I'm sure the picture quality is not, not great. And I, that might have gotten a Blu-ray release. I'm not yes, sure if that. Yes, I, I, I have it. <laughs> is it? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that was a very big budget um, uh, show at the time. Uh, yeah, that was a big one, definitely. And it looks good on Blu-ray too. It's, it's, a, it's a worthy upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I have the crazy uh, four miniseries sets that's about all the different uh, books in that series, but they're also different ages, and each time the cast changes. Oh, wow. Uh, at one time, Steve Zahn is one of the characters. No and shit. it has David Arquette as one of the other ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Um, Val Kilmer is one of them as, uh, as a quirky um, kind of wheeler-dealer type. yeah. But yeah, they did. Cool. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I mean, so I mean that 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 someone like like my mom who has you know very little interest in technology, and um, it was like pulling teeth to convince her to chip in to get me a DVD player, uh, is one of those things. Who who would you know hound me all the time as a kid, 
because uh, I'd, I'd blow all my money on DVDs. Oh, yeah. Stop so walking in the house like, with those bags. Stop walking right. in the house with those bags. How many times are you going to watch fucking <laughs> Police Story 2, you know? Right. And I, I, I would make day. up an excuse being like, well, I'm studying it for uh, uh, for my classes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or I'm giving them as gifts for friends, or I don't yeah, make up something. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct a movie someday, and I want to know how to do it properly. Uh, yeah, uh, I um, I, I'll have you remember, mother. I I uh, wrote and uh, directed Crotch the Motion Picture. It got rejected <laughs> by three film festivals. <laughs> Look at all the leaves it has on the cover. Every every it good got art rejected. Film has it got rejected by Trauma Fest. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true, by the way. And uh, nice. And when you submit films to film festivals. You have to, what, what people might not know is you have to pay fees every time and you don't get that oh, yeah. money back. If, oh, um, I mean, it's a racket. It's like applying for colleges, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The money I waited, I wasted on screenplay competitions. I, cause you know, some of them it's like, oh, you might get a, some agents to look at it. And one oh. of them was like a hundred was 150 bucks or something I paid. Like oh, it's, it's a lot of money. And, like, and when I, I I learned early on when there's a when there's a like you need you when there's money involved you need to watch where what direction the money moves in and why because you look at that and you realize oh they don't make their money by helping you get your screenplay out there they make their money by having you send them your screenplay they have no <laughs> I interest I, I did submit one of my screenplays to a very prestigious one Disney uses to get writers in the new writers program. And, um, uh, however, it was a horror film and I figured, well, you know, uh, uh, branches of, of, of Disney, like, um, oh, what is it like, like touchstone and, and Miramax and dimension films. That was the other, you know, do horror films, but it was a screenplay called burger kill. That hmm. was, uh, a, <laughs> a, a sort of a, a mixture of, um, kind of like a falling down in a trauma movie or something set <laughs> in, a, in a fast food location. So I would expense eating fast food as a, a business expense. Nice. As, Every as research, man has yeah. his breaking point. Yeah. Have, yeah uh, like, the other thing, too, is that um, the story you're telling Matt about your mother reminded me, too, is that every time I visit my mom, she's like, what? Uh, she's like, everything sucks. Like, there's nothing good on. I need some recommendations. And I, it drives me crazy because every time I recommend something is not available anywhere. And I saw it because I got a screener link or a friend had a copy of it or blah, 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 right. blah you know, and if I, I can't like, you know, share the screener link because they don't like that. You don't do that. No one here does that. Um, and, it, and it sucks. So, like, you know, there's I feel like there's just a, it's a provide it creates this very lopsided um, market in the undemocratization of films is that there's no one distributor and there's no one um, service. You have all these other services and they basically just bid on things, you know, so you can watch fucking Star Trek on Netflix for two and a half years and then it's on Hulu and then it's on, uh, you know, fucking uh, Peacock and then, you know, it, it just makes the rounds and it's just, it's a fucking racket, and it's in order to get. It is. You it to... is. I, I was talking to um, some people on Twitter with uh, with this past week. Um, Halloween ends just came out. Oh yeah. The end of the current Halloween trilogy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Halloween right fifty seven or whatever, and um, it's one of the most divisive horror films that uh, I, I've heard about in years for a mainstream entry, which makes me more wanting to see it. Right. But 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 anyhow, you know. Oh, it's you know, day and date in theaters and on Peacock, and like okay. Okay. Like, and, and like, I don't subscribe to Peacock. They have some stuff for free. 
maybe I'll subscribe for a month if they have all three of that recent Halloween trilogy because I haven't really seen them. Right. They don't. They just have the, they they don't yeah, have see, the new it's one. Bullshit. No, it's number not. two is on the second one is on HBO Max, and the other one you'd have to pay for a digital rental for uh, five dollars or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> or, so or you can purchase it for twenty dollars. Is this? It's like. If you want people to subscribe to your service, maybe not have so many bifurcated experiences. On the other hand, they make more money leasing the, the titles out to different streaming services. Right. Sometimes it, than just trying to drive numbers to drive their subscription numbers up for the quarter. And I think the only uh, streaming service that does this is Criterion Channel. And what kills me though is that like you can't really go on Netflix and be like, okay, I want to see westerns. Where are all your westerns? Right. If you like Lone Range, you can see, you know, fucking Yellowstone, Deadwood. No, just kidding. They won't have Deadwood. Or a gangster movie for no reason. Yeah, or fucking, you know, uh, that fucking Al Capone movie by Josh Trank. Um, the Oof. Untouchables, yeah. uh, The Twilight Zone. It's like your algorithm sucks. Um, or uh, I can't just type in, like, um, every Spielberg movie that you have. Um, it's so stupid for something so indexed in media, you know, film heavy. It's... It's all about the original programs, you know? That's right. That's right. It's, and I'm sorry, Thrasher, we've been talking a lot. Um, can you give your two cents on something or? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it, on this in general or any era, like another related topic. <laughs> um, whatever you like. Sure. Nothing topic related to what we're talking about. Oh, no, just, well, in terms of, in terms of like the, the, the downsides of, of streaming, um, how poorly designed so many of the user interfaces are. And like, you know, you talk about like, you can't, you can't really look for categories on Netflix. And then like, if you're on Disney plus, you can look for categories, but the categories that they have built in are like, so weirdly arbitrary. Like, you yes. know, like you can just look for all their Marvel stuff. Okay. That makes sense. You can look for all their Marvel stuff with the female lead. Okay. That also makes sense. Like mm -hmm. you can't just put like, look, can I see everything with goofy in it? I love Goofy. Yeah. Nope. You can't search by character in that way. Um, if you search, this this yeah. is what's nuts. I actually a few uh, weeks ago I was looking for a Goofy cartoon, and I had typed into the search function on Disney Plus Goofy. You know what the first re search result was? What? Let me a guess. A Donald Duck uh, cartoon. Ah. <laughs> a Donald Duck cartoon that Goofy is not in. Oh come on. Yeah, like they all have different search algorithms. Really poor sorting. And exactly. the thing that I find quite surprising, um, Disney maybe has this a little bit, but 4K televisions have been pretty mainstream for a while. In fact, if you wanted to get a 1080 TV, I think maybe you could, but you'd have to maybe like look in the back of the store for it. And yet, how many streaming services can you even just do a box? I want to see what you have in 4K. Right. Not that many. Almost none of them. And I'm not sure. Maybe they don't want to say we don't. They don't want to show off. We don't have that much 4K content. Or, you know, AK is like, they have some AK TVs in the consumer level. Like, I think you'd be foolish to purchase it, but it's it's there. Like, and I think it's great that they keep on coming out with new picture formats for the, the preservation of film. And you want to keep on making stuff higher and higher quality. So it'll, uh, in theory, last for, be more future-proofed. Video Death Loop is a show where we watch a short clip on loop until one or both of us can't take it anymore. Each week, one of us picks out a video the other does not know about to their dismay. Video game cutscenes, TV show openings, music videos, and occasional horse videos are just some of the clips we've ran and we're five seasons in. Check us out every Friday. Come on in, take a seat, what are you having? 
Well, of course I've heard of Hair at the Dogcast. That's the podcast that talks about video games and beer. For all of the latest gaming headlines, craft beer reviews, retro games, modern games, series retrospectives, console studies, and on occasion, extremely hungover discussions on the lore of Kingdom Hearts, make sure to check out Hair of the Dogcast, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Well, um, I think in, in terms of like, cause, and this is, this is the real downside of, of streaming services compared to physical media, because if it's physical media, you've invested in it, you know you want to watch it, and you will watch it on your time with the best you know setup, you have the time and energy uh, and resources to create in your own home. But whereas with a streaming service, it's less about what you want to watch and more about what they want to show you. So was, they've absorbed the worst traits of network television. Yeah, it's what's most popular, what what's trending. Um, yeah, it's like I was like we were saying, it's all algorithm based and it it dials into what's popular in the cultural conversation. And more often than not, the cultural conversation kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I worked at several uh, DVD retail stores and, and video intro stores and movie theaters. And, and people would just come up and not even say the name of the movie they wanted to find. They would just say Julia Roberts. Right. It's like, okay, or, my or, best friend's wedding and pretty woman? I don't know. Right, or what, uh, I think my favorite, when I worked in the theater, uh, the theater I worked in was like the real, well, I worked in both the nice theater and like the shitty theater in town, uh, movie theater, and um, uh, Horse Whisperer had just come out, you know, starring and oh. directed by Clint Eastwood, I think, with Meryl Streep or something like that. Something like um, that. Yeah, yeah, not, not a very good book, but like this super drunk old dude and hmm. his wife, came up and he was ordering the tickets one ticket for horse pisser ah horse pisser that sounds like maybe the trauma version but uh you probably thought it was a well, horse. yeah and this this and this happens like when when you're in like retail and media is involved where like the it happened where the person they know what they want but they don't remember the title but in their head they invent a title but they don't have enough self-awareness to realize, well, it would never be called that. That's where you well, get. And, and yeah, because you, work, you worked at a, a, a big video game retailer, Thrasher, and the video game titles are so ridiculous. I'm sure you had tons of those. Well, we we had a person call in twice trying to find the Game Boy Advanced game based on Power Rangers Jungle Fury. But he insisted it's called Power Rangers Jungle Fever. And when I said, oh, yeah, Jungle Fury. No, that's not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for Power Rangers Jungle Fever. See, I don't know what you think that is, but you're <laughs> never, there's never going to be a Power Rangers project called Power Rangers Jungle Fever. I also that, love it when people, yeah. like, try to, like, they can't remember the name of a movie, so they give you this, like, they give you their takeaway from the film. Like, oh, what's that Dustin Hoffman movie uh, where he gets, like, uh, fucked over by his wife? And then she, like, takes off with his, like, friend or the lawyer or something. I'm like, ah, uh, Kramer versus Kramer. No, no, no. The other Justin Hoffman movie, we don't. Or his fucking, he gets screwed over by his wife, loses all his money. I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, turns out they're talking about fucking Papillon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had I had one. I worked at this uh, uh, a short-lived franchise um, owned by the GameStop people called Movie Stop. But they sold oh, mostly yeah. used movies. Uh, and, and new movies as well, and we we did um, some some okay business certainly with the pennies that uh, that the GameStop uh, parent company pays people. It's uh, they they had to have made a profit, but it but the, this place was the size of a warehouse. But we it was um, we had a lot of uh, uh, 
a very diverse um you know customer set that would come in and and someone would some guy came in and said uh i went i went that movie with the three black dudes i'm like <laughs> what like i i was able to figure out what he wanted yeah but it was quite it was extraordinarily difficult and our inventory was um you know, we got a lot of weird stuff. That was part of fun of working there. But uh, it wasn't fat boys in disorderlies. I'm assuming it was um, like Troy two, like not not T R O Y, but T R O I S Tra or something. It was a very sort of. Uh, it was lo- locally it was popular in Atlanta, but um, it's something for the the very kind of like urban market oriented. Um, Look like kind of maybe like a, a an action kind of soap opera uh, picture. I I, th- I always think that would be like a good like YouTube channel, you know, where someone's like, oh, that movie where um this guy uh this guy his wife has a has an affair yeah, with his yeah. brother, right? Um, and then like he disappears because he owes money to these like fucking bondage guys. Um, but he's like living in the attic, like. I don't know. Is it like a lifetime romance? Like, no, no. It's uh, the remember the bondage guys? Oh, Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> really the bondage guys that's that's pretty good you you don't mention the two the two most iconic things from the film the puzzle box or the pinhead guy because right, yeah. both of those things would narrow it down to one movie exactly yeah mention the lovecraftian horror elements you know although i love the idea that you owe money to the cenobites yeah like he owes money or some shit um, <laughs> that's why they come for you <laughs> What's that movie with James Woods? He's like a fucking like a cable executive. Um, he starts hanging out with that chip from Blondie, uh, and then you know uh, something about like he gets a gun, and then he becomes an assassin. <laughs> the fuck is that movie called? Uh, oh yeah, there's exploding televisions full of organs. Video Trope? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, Video Dome. Video Dome. That's a good one with uh, with yeah. uh, James. James, uh, J- Jim James Wood. Woody. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jim, it's, Jimmy Wood. It's a Cronenstein film. Oh, yeah, I love Cronenstein. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it used to, I mean, the DVD market, when it was at its height, every disc would have, like, an unrated version. Ooh. Oh, that was, oh, yeah, and very, and very often there'd be almost no difference between what right. was in the unrated sure. version. The, and, 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 and that's something we're losing, too. I mean, is all these different director's cuts and unrated versions is typically just the theatrical version, or or sometimes they accidentally, uh, I mean, this was a real obscure example, but but HBO Max had the Saw movies, and the version of Saw 6 they had was the censored uh, Brazilian version. Oh. Weird. And it has like two seconds of gore, like like five minutes of gore is cut out. Like who's gonna, you know, notice except for the real sawheads? One of the uh, one of the big uncut director's cut discs I got early on was Dressed to Kill, the fucking the Brian Palma. De Palma film. Um, sure. Great movie. In the unrated version, at first you just think it's a little more gore, it's a little more nudity, but the nude scenes actually are like feed into the symbolic plot elements of the film um because the film's you know very much about you know gender and identity and you know it's it plays it like hitchcock does for psycho it's like a loose remake it's a you know quotation remake um of psycho in so many ways but um and another one too was uh, robocop huh. that was a big director's hmm. cut Criterion has a, yeah the one. yes yes very good. Yeah, it's um, 
Also, on the flip side, you know, sometimes all that's available on streaming is the director's cut, not the theatrical. Yeah, sometimes you prefer it, you know. So, Matt, I know you like the theatrical Blade Runner. That's true. I do. I, I don't think it's the best version. I do have the um, don't have the I don't know if there's a 4K version of the set, but I have the Blu-ray. And I mean, I mean, that's the thing. We talk about these different formats. We had a link uh, that we were, we were shooting around showing the the 2021. Uh, so the last calendar year as of this recording, top selling titles on disc and and for disc, it's counting DVD and Blu-ray. And I assume 4K is in there as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I would and that and I, I thought this list was very inter- I mean, it's mainly just like blockbuster stuff. And it sort of speaks to the lack of interesting movies and theaters that it's all Marvel or James Bond and, and, the, right. and Fast and the Furious. And that's about it. What, what, what's some stuff that jumped out to you, uh, Thrasher, looking at this list? So the two the two that jumped out, one was that the number ten film was just the eight film Harry Potter collection. Yes. <laughs> and like sure. it's the only like boxed set that's on this list. But I but you know, like I guess I would assume like a bond box set would be be higher. But then again, that's a huge that's a huge franchise. The other thing that jumped out as I was going down it and it was like, oh, the Grinch is number fourteen. I wonder which version. And then I get down to number twenty-three. The number t- 23 best-selling disc was How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000, the Ron Howard <laughs> So it must have been that the one really that's just a cartoon called right. Grinch. And, and, and the thing you would expect to get a grandma to buy by accident to someone is a Christmas present, and it's on uh, right in front of the register as you're checking out at Walmart. Oh, and you know what? We don't get another box set until number 27, and that's the complete Lord of the Rings. Right. Which I thought was. Lest we not forget, down at thirty-eight, uh, the Hobbit, the motion picture trilogy, uh, <laughs> somewhat amusingly above it at thirty-six, the Friday three movie collection. I know. Yeah, <sighs> which is a series we've talked about doing. Uh, we should. It's on the server. Um, Rush Hour trilogy. A lot. A lot of those uh, trilogy sets are, are awful cheap. Yeah. Um, I'm top done. That makes sense. Me... Oh, sorry. Go on. If you asked me which one would have been popular, I would have probably would have said, yeah, Fast 9. Wonder Woman, I could see that. But Bond got beat by Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Now I get there's a fucking huge audience for the Marvel movies and stuff like that. But weren't the Venom movies kind of like outliers from the MCU kind of? Well, they were they were Sony, Sony. owned. They weren't, yeah. they weren't yes. Marvel movies proper. They're just based on Marvel intellectual property. So, so what I find interesting, too, so on this, it, it's saying it has broken down the percentage of, of DVD, Blu-ray, and UHD, UHD being the 4K uh, Blu-ray disc. Um, and even, uh, it's, I don't have a sorting feature on here. I mean, it like, looks like one of the higher ones that sold better in 4K is like um, the 1917, the, the war movie, the World War One movie, mm-hmm. the Mar- uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy on, on 4K, that makes sense. But typically it's like um, between 5 and 15% on average. Like, it's not that high. I mean, it's, it's UHD is kind of the new Laserdisc as far as kind of a snooty format as much as I hate right. to say it. And uh, I don't know why they still have a 3D disc as a category on here. Yeah, that's... that's o- I guess overseas, you still see more of that. They're, they're, they're keeping it going for the next Avatar movie. Yeah. There are and, just and enough 3D TVs yeah. in circulation. That yeah. They Note here too. There, there's a. And then we're looking at Media Play News. We can post the link in the show notes. Um, it is showing the uh, street date of when these movies originally came out on disc, 
And down here at number 45 is the Spielberg classic E.T., the extraterrestrial. And this is a disc that streeted uh, nearly 20 years ago in 2005. Mm -hmm. And it's in the top 50 for sellers. See, I think like this is very emblematic of the times we're living in, because I think if you drafted a list like this from 15, 20 years ago, you would not have this many old movies in the top uh, in the top like 20 to 30 running order. Like, I really don't think you would have have more. You'd have more R rated stuff. I think you'd have more diverse stuff, even if it was more. Right. I think like if you had this slate, if you took the 2021 slate of movies and put them in the 20 year ago market, your front runners would probably be Fast 9, Wonder Woman, Bond, um, and then probably some more prestige stuff, I think like 1917. Um, a Quiet Place would probably be high. But yeah, I, I, I don't think we'd see something like the Rush Hour trilogy or Elf or fucking, um, you know, the Friday collection. I think that's very much a representation of of the market being so ruptured by, by streaming that... You have older films in the front running. It's not like uh, like a Disney Vault release, you know, where it's a limited time, or like something like Citizen Kane or Wizard of Oz, you know. Certainly, it's. Um, and I'm surprised I guess the, the ultimate... Meg is number forty four on this list because that movie, I guess, kind of hit hard when it came out. But it was my assumption that film was forgotten now. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I I, I just watched it in a bar. Uh, last week and uh, the sequel is coming i'm not sure why it's taken so long i mean this movie did very well especially in china uh, it, well the shark it, it got, got covid <laughs> yeah you know the shark got covid but i mean seriously the, the the meg series of books are uh good pulpy fun and the author wrote them originally when jurassic parks came out he's like i'm gonna rip this off and do it with the shark and it's like all power to it man yeah like, there's like there's like 20 something of those books like there's a, 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 fuck, a fuck load of them yeah. and um some of which are like prehistoric settings some are i mean there's there's stuff you can do with the shark and uh that we haven't seen a jaws remake yet i'm very surprised i think i'll see it in my lifetime mm-hmm. but i'm a bit surprised uh that that's never happened and uh, or direct to streaming sequel where they get a bunch of the surviving cast back yeah, you know what they do? They do it as like a TV show now, maybe or as a, a miniseries, <laughs> and and it'd be like a whole episode. Uh, they would incorporate stuff from the novel about how corrupt the mayor is, and about the uh, sexual fantasies of the Richard Dreyfus character are a big part <laughs> of the novel. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of Disney on this list, a lot of kids' cartoons, Boss Baby, Paw Patrol, sure. Um, even, I mean, this was a streaming thing, wasn't it? A Quiet Place, or was that in theaters? I think oh, that, no, that, that was in theaters. Was it? Okay. Maybe it just sort of... We can cover the second those, one was too, because like, they made two. That's right. And the second one was Day and Date on Paramount Plus, maybe, but... Um, don't quote me on that. But yeah, I mean, you're having... I mean, yeah, this is sort of a depressing list, and you were mentioning before, you go into the stores, like, it used to be a whole big section of the store selling the physical media, and now it's it's maybe an end cap, if that, and I'm not even sure if my local Walmart, uh, granted it's on the outskirts of, of Portland, Oregon, so this isn't, you know, middle America or anything, but uh, just reflective of where I'm living, but I don't even well, know if they have the, the, the buckets of, like, the discount discs, right? Oh, like, I remember, like, a few years ago, it was like, all right, you know, Alex, don't get too excited. You're going into Target now. They're not going to have fucking, you know, 
Criterion Blu-rays and fucking <laughs> Twilight Time, right? But I was like, you know, I know I can find, you know, the new stuff and then maybe like L.A. Confidential or uh, the Coen's uh, True Grit remake or Taxi Driver. And I was like, I can find that. Cool. You know, and then like now it's like it's like it's fucking you're lucky if you find like something that's not brand spanking new a streaming series on Blu-ray or just like, you know, Casablanca. You're lucky if you find Casablanca, to be honest. You're a shrewd shopper. It's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products, like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough responsive LOE Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up to the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy Holidays from HyperX. We know there's... So... There's a there's a Walmart uh, where we live, and that it does still have like the the bin of discount DVDs. It's right next to a bin of discount CDs, and they do have like they do have a pretty decent DVD section, but it's almost all either new movie releases or old complete series box sets, um, or box. Well, the box sets aren't old, but the series are. But there's an end cap that for like the past like six years. The end cap, it's basically like the same 12 movies, but they're always repackaged like every six months. It's like on this end cap, you will always see Alien, but it's always in like a, a different package. Or they do those like weird, like minimalist repackaging. Like they did one like for Casino. Yeah. Oh, Scarface. Some of those just are like... just awful. The, the one I, I, yeah, I found, they suck. You know, I'm, I'm no prude or anything, of course, listeners of the show. No, but... It, the one I found sort of offensive was when I think Deadpool two came out. They just reissued a lot of the old. Um, is that a? I think that was a Warner Brothers film, right? Yeah. Uh, or no, Fox. Excuse me. Um, a lot of old Fox films with just uh, with the cover art with Deadpool sticking his head out of the guy's ass or something. Yeah, I mean, like a, a dialogue thing is like chimichangas or whatever his catchphrase is. Okay. So you know what's what's nuts? A friend of mine when those came out bought all of the stock they had in three different stores and then proceeded to make banks reselling them on eBay. <laughs> really? How, well, because yeah, like with, you remember how month, much they were gone and the suddenly they were Deadpool right. collectible. Huh? Yeah. And, and Deadpool is still very popular in the cosplay thing. Cause it's a super cheap outfit to make and people know what it is. And, uh, did, did you see the uh, announcement about Deadpool three? Yeah, where Hugh Jackman's going to be in it. As Wolverine. Presumably, yes. Oh. Well, that's true. He could just be as Hugh Jackman. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting. Like, on the one hand, I think it would be fun if he was Wolverine again. But on the other hand, I think it would also be fun if he was anyone but Wolverine. But they kept, like, or or if they wanted to get really meta, he's in the movie as Patch, but not Wolverine. <laughs> Oh, yep. They, if Hugh Jackman's in it and it's a comedy, they better do a musical number. <laughs> That's horrific. Did you just post that, Alex? That's horrific. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so describe to the listeners what we're seeing because this is an audio medium. They're so like, this is Scarface and Casino. 
Yeah, there are these repackaged um, Blu-rays, often like gangster movies or like very prestigious movies. There's one like this for Apollo 13. And what they do is that they take these like little thematic aspects, like Casino, you have uh, the Queen of Hearts and Ace of Hearts next to each other with a cigarette burnt into it with blood around it. What the fuck? Well, I think that? it's supposed to be a ballpoint pen or a fountain oh, pen. Oh, it's a pen. That's right. Okay. It doesn't read um, well. I'll say that. No, it does not read well. And then the Scarface one, it's like the collar of Tony Montana's red shirt and the uh, white stripes are cocaine lines with these like red sunglasses. It looks like it looks like a bad Invisible Man movie or something like that. Well, like it's that just collar fucking... looks like that looks like one of Robin's shuriken. <laughs> Yeah, like, it looks fucking stupid. Like, if you didn't know Scarface was a gangster movie, this cover will not help you. So, there was, so Apollo, I think it was Apollo 13, was reissued uh, a a year or two ago, and one of the controversies there is that the company that reissued it had the rights to the movie, but didn't get the likeness rights to the cast. So, the cover they did with three astronauts, they had to make sure they didn't look like the cast. Yep. That's I have that uh, one on my shelf. And like there's that one and and like everyone uh, looks off brand. It's like it's, it's oh oh yeah, the generic Kirkland's brand sure. Val Kilmer. That's yeah, but, cool. and what you mentioned is part of the reason why the covers change on these things and and also why the, the images are different in the preview images and the streaming stuff. One is likeness rates. The other is if it's like uh doing the old movie poster, they owe royal they would owe royalties in most cases to the person that originally did that poster. And oh, yeah. they don't want to pay him. The pop art Blu-ray covers suck. Um, a lot of terrible decisions in media happen because someone doesn't want to pay someone else money that they are owed. Yeah. They, there, there's they a great one that I, I... Movies too, yeah. I want a whole lot of a, a series of Fox and MGM horror movies. Right when I was moving, it was at the worst time to win these things, and they were movies <laughs> I already owned. I never enter a contest, but I'm like... I might as well enter a contest because I, I, I tend to lose those things as as, uh, as they're designed to do. But this one I happen to win. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting a box of DVDs. I need to get rid of this. So I, I <laughs> when I came in, like to sell them at the local use place, they're like, you stole this, didn't you? <laughs> and I was, I was like, fuck off. This is what happened. And he's like, OK, yeah. OK, well, we'll buy. Them. And uh, I think a few of the ones I wanted, I kept. But it was it, it used a, a real cool. um a Latino artist. I, I don't have his name in front of me, but it's I'll um I'll look it up real quick and post it in in the chat here. But this real kind of neon, vibrant Day of the Dead aesthetic, and it's like if you're gonna change the cover for something and, and, and commission an artist to do like a real artist to do like forty something pieces, like you each of those should be you could you should be able to get like his posters framed or something like in my yeah, opinion. Like that's at least if you're gonna do it like um do it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Come on now. I guess as we wrap this up, um, where where do you think the future is going to go, Thrasher? We can kind of go around with this. Well, thankfully, I do think there will always be a place for physical media, but I think it is going to be for your more esoteric movies, because whether it's through Criterion, through Shout Factory, through Vinegar Syndrome, there's always going to be people who care about these movies making physical releases for people who care about these movies. And uh, that's going to come from a, uh, from a need for preservation of these films, but also a love for these films and the people who make them. And that's not going to go away. Uh, it'll just, it'll just be kind of a niche thing. Regrettably, 
where I think it's going to go with the with the sort of streaming fiefdoms that we're getting. I so there is a novel that I read in 1995 by Connie Willis, and it's called Remake. And this cyberpunk novel pretty much predicts where we are right now in the media landscape and where we're going. And in this cyberpunk dystopia, it is set in Hollywood where thanks to computer animation and like, and computing in the future, all studios do is re-release and remake classic movies, but they don't build sets. They don't shoot anything. The studios buy the likenesses of famous actors and actresses from their estates and all a Hollywood director does is recomposite films and use CGI to replace the actors with the AI created likenesses of other actors. Oh. And if you've seen what's happening recently with a lot of star Wars stuff with the, the CGI Mark Hamill and with the oh. AI generated Darth Vader voice and how very recently Darth Vader signed a deal with Disney after like, after he's dead, they will continue to use an AI recreation of his voice as Darth Vader until the end of time. And I hope he got paid a shit ton. And I hope his estate gets a little taste every time Darth Vader shows up. Um, yeah. But I really feel like that's the future we're going to get. There's, and, there's and, and What's scary is with that Darth Vader example, the AI voice of it that was used in um, the... It was a, it was a show, right? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I get confused. There's so many of them. Um, sounded better than James Earl Jones himself reprising the role in Rogue One. Well, it's because yeah. they can make him sound like he sounded in, in A New Hope, which is what... Yes, a person's voice changes over time. That's true. Yeah. But, but I and, hope and, you do not choke on your ambition. But, <laughs> but, this, but this is the, the, big, the big part, because once you can only see a studio's output through a streaming service... That means that streaming service can basically use that. That studio can use their streaming service to control its image. Disney wants you to memory hole Song of the South, and they can do this through by making sure it never shows up on their streaming service. Not that it's a movie that I really feel like anybody should be watching for entertainment purposes. <laughs> it really only has historical value, um, and the live action segments are boring as hell. Um, but like it make it makes it so easy and and like with like the the episode of the Simpsons that you just flat out cannot see unless you have the physical release it's because that episode's existence has become a political and financial liability for the studio so they just make it disappear now again that's really not an episode anybody should be watching for entertainment purposes but it is an important media document of its era and that's I'll, why I'll push back a little bit, Thrasher, in that the animated segments, I think, have value. Oh, no, the anime. Oh, for Song of the South? Yes. It, you're talking no, about yeah, for entertainment they're purposes. They're impeccably animated. I, they're I an think, amazing technical achievement. They're very vibrant retellings of these old folk tales. And, but, yeah. But, and I have, I just have a problem with, like, you, you may not agree with the content of something, but that doesn't mean no one should ever see it. You should give the context. Context is always important. Right, and I I think a good, a reasonable um, kind of middle ground thing that uh, HBO had to do recently is they just put Gone with the Wind online uh, on oh, HBO yeah. Max, and people bitched and moaned about it. This is inappropriate. How dare you? How could you do this shit? 
And it, what they did is, is they, they pulled it. They, they used, uh, I don't know if it was a film, uh, maybe a, a history professor, maybe some, some well-known uh, actress of, of color or something, come on and just sort of explain to younger people what Gone with the Wind is, why it was made, how it was made. It actually had one of the, one of if not the first, um, black actress uh, nominated for uh, an Oscar, and 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 you can't skip the the kind of five minute preload thing. And I think that's a perfectly reasonable way to do it instead of just having sort of out there cold and someone stumbles upon, uh, you know, something they just didn't want to get into. Right. I, I, I mean, I can see a, a value to that, but, but like, you know, but like, you know, keep, keep, keep in mind, you know, suppose like, like for instance, HBO, HBO has documentaries. Uh, it has yes. some documentaries that make some people look very, very bad. Well, what happens when that, when that shitty person suddenly owns stock in the company, can they make that documentary disappear from the streaming service? Whereas well, HBO Max has, has well. been changing uh, the cover uh, art of, um, not all, but some older films where they take the cigarettes out of people's hands and it looks quite strange. Uh, One of which is, is a Robert Altman thing, uh, some Robert Altman Paul Newman joint. There's a few of those. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Fun. I don't like fucking with other people's art. They need to leave those Agreed. cigarettes there. Also, Disney is very good about fucking with their own stuff. I mean, and they have oh, there's yeah. the excellent. Uh, I think it's like a four hour Star Wars documentary, Empire of Dreams, in the original trilogy, and when they show vintage photos. Of the of uh, um, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher hanging out, they digitally remove these cigarettes in their hands on the which unfortunately version. By, by tampering with the documentation featured in the documentary that cheapens its value as a documentary. That makes you a fascist. It, yeah, it's it's very problematic. Um, what do you think of the fly artwork I posted in the? Yeah, it, like what the fuck is this? Like the Day of the Dead movie. It, it's like, it's this artist has this style and he did it for like 20 something movies as part of this um sucks. deal it's what i won in this I, contest i i actually like this i mean it, it it's yeah. like it's like with those uh those like foreign movie posters where the the tradition in that particular market is that they hire their own people to paint uh, to paint the posters, and so you get these really visually inventive posters. That's what this reminds me of. I really, as a piece of art, I really like this poster. But as also, art, as the fly, of... I like this poster. I don't think it represents the movie. Like, I would have thought that they remade the fly, and I've just missed it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like, the skull's like, a these... bit much, but... Yeah, right. I, I don't think these sold very well, because I still see these this, this run of um, these movies sometimes on the bargain bin at, at target and stuff Un unfortunately i own a bunch of them because uh, for a while i thought this was the <laughs> only way i could see the damn movies sure sure yeah so i'd go to target and be like well i want to walk out of here with a movie so i guess a bad badly packaged casino is better than no casino or and and i mean you can't really do this with streaming or can you but i mean i i, I certainly have bought movies by accident that i already owned because the cover looked <laughs> yeah. different yeah. Like, oh, is this a weird remake? Or you're kind of in a hurry and you're like, oh, let's get this thing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, thank, thanks for the answer to that, Thrasher. Uh, Alex, did you have uh, a point on that? Where do you think the future is going with all this? Um, I think to build off what Thrasher was saying, yeah, we will, I think the, the true believers will, you know, rely on, um, you know, boutique labels such as Criterion, uh, Scream Factory, um, Kino, Twilight Time, uh, Masters of Cinema. There's there's a great wealth of boutique Blu-rays out there. But the other thing too is um, 
you know, the idea of, of film and, uh, you know, uh, if people have a true love of cinema is not just watching what boutique labels release, but finding some of your own stuff out, too, as well. Um, and that just kind of goes back to just good old fashioned, you know, research and, and finding shit out. Um, and the other thing, too, is that, like, uh, BFI has been restoring and releasing their teleplays. And I'm kind of like the UK teleplay thing is like kind of a, something I geek out on. Um, and in connection to that, I'm a huge Igmar Bergman fan. I mean, I, it's not like, Ooh, the seven seal. I fucking have sought out nearly everything Bergman related, not just movies. He's directed but movies. He's written movies written by his partner, actress, uh, former partner, actress, Liv Ullman, um, his son, Daniel Bergman. Um, and I just found out that there was a teleplay written for one of his scripts, um, released in the uh, released by BFI in this BFI box set, and I just seen it for the first time like this week, and like that's that's I'm I'm willing to go that far. I will buy a region free Blu-ray player, and I'll order shit from overseas if it gets me the right yeah. represent, right presentation of these films. And I think that if a lot of us stay vigilant in that mindset, we'll we, we won't we won't lose it. You know, we'll we'll keep right keep, keep and going. even. The, the whole region thing is uh, supremely frustrating. I think it's less of an issue with the 4K discs from what I understand, but not sometimes, but not always. And uh, specifically, there was a... How do you say this? The um, So the, the David Lynch 84 Dune, right? Um, right. Had, had a big honking five, six disc, whatever version of it on 4K in um, in Europe. In, yeah, uh, German, Germany specifically, and they illegally they could not ship it to the state. I think you could probably finagle something if you wanted to. But as part of that package, um, it had a feature length documentary on the making of the the eighty what eighty four version of Dune, uh, the Dave Lynch one, that's supposed to be excellent. When the U.S. version of that set came out, it didn't have that documentary. Oh bullshit! Because of because of licensing reasons. So now you can't for a film that was uh, financed from the u.s uh filmed in mexico um weirdly enough but uh and yeah you can't see a documentary of it unless you go to germany and buy it from a store or maybe i maybe i can get able to buy it for me and he can ship it to me i don't know but (laughs) it's like what the hell dude like Uh, i don't know it's it's just so and and you don't see these these making of things much anymore I'll, i'll close this on a note of like kind of the absolute worst future for this stuff. I was on a, uh, well, my whole life, I guess I've been in a Kevin Smith kick and I just watched Clerks 3 and I saw, wow, he did a, he was the, he's the first filmmaker to have a film only available as an NFT. And meaning it's, it's expensive and only, you know, I think only 5,000 people can have a copy of it that you have to watch in some secure online platform that probably <laughs> won't be around for much longer the way the markets are, uh, are going. We- we are creating more lost media today than in any other time in yeah. history. Well, to give you an idea, so I, I mean, I did work in the, the, the crypto industry for a little bit, and I have some stuff uh, I haven't completely cast out yet, although I probably should have, considering how much everything's cratering uh, this recording. But So I said, you know what, why don't I, I move around some of my stuff and see if I can get myself a copy of it, because I think it's, because it's just like monopoly money to me. It's not stuff I put my own money into. And... Um, and I tried it, and I had to send crypto and money through three separate digital wallets, <laughs> each with their own passwords, each with their own yeah. thing. 
And it said, oh, this thing is, I can pull it up right now. What is it? It's it's not just secret. It's like secret secret. So you have to put something over like three or four times. And it's 180, which which comes out to maybe like $200 or whatever. Yeah. And like, okay, I have this fake money of that. Fine. I, I can I can swing that. And then it's like, oh, no, you have to pay gas, which is basically like shipping and handling. And uh-huh. because it's on this obscure network, the you, you can choose for the gas fees like low, medium, and high, basically if you want it right away or not. And so I picked the lowest amount. It would have cost $600 on top of the $200 for the movie. Ooh. God damn. And so I've had to spend an hour this morning while doing these podcasts uh, shifting stuff back to my original stuff because it has to go through so many different wallets and processes. Aye, like, aye, that's aye. not that's not consumer friendly. That's not I can appreciate NFTs as something as an artist uh, as a way to get more money directly instead of having to go through as many middlemen with studios or what what have you or publishing houses. Yeah, but I I don't think this is the solution for it, and I hope this oddball horror anthology he filmed in Sarasota, Florida, using mainly student workers. Uh, Kilroy was here, uh, and so it's a killer inspired by the um, graffiti art or the guy with the big nose. Mm-hmm. I hope Kevin Smith comes out with that in some other form other than this NFT shit. Right, for real though. And, I feel like in the long run he's going to have to because it won't be around forever in this in this particular form. Yeah, he delivered a statement like either I'll look really smart or really stupid. Like he's nothing <laughs> not self aware. Um, so. And the movie, the budget for the movie is only like a hundred bucks, so or um, a million bucks, excuse me. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's is that what movies are going to be? Are they going to be that obscure where it's only for the super super rich uh, crypto I, bros? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think so. And, and maybe there'll be some of that, but the future is uh, uh, something that's uh, that's always changing, as is technology, and technology is in with, in with film and. I, I, I do wonder, though, in a few years, I predict we might see a resurgence of the physical media and, and have it be a bit like um, like records have come back in a way. Yeah, I, I could see that. That gives me hope what's happened. Right. With and I, I really uh, I smiled and I weirdly became um, glassy. I got a few tears in my eyes going to a bar that was video game themed and they, they called the bar like double dragon. Like they don't care about fucking copyright cause it's Portland <laughs> and they had a stack of old videotapes of like mortal Kombat and just like all this nineties, like action shit that they would nice. just play in the background on the TV with the CR built in. No shit. Like, That's really cool. Like, cool, yeah. And, and, uh, to close this out finally, cause I've been babbling forever and, uh, and this has been finally, a fun finally. episode. I'm glad we did this topic is Quentin Tarantino. Uh, allegedly, when he watches a movie, even if it's streaming only or something, he'll pay an uh, assistant to dub that onto videotape so he can watch it on a film format. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, because it's, it, <laughs> he argues to this day, and I kind of agree with him, in terms of home video preservation, VHS, like in terms of longevity, is actually like the best. Yeah. Oh, and, and and to to make a point on that note, so he has a new podcast he's doing with Roger Avery, his former Which is co-worker awesome. at, at Video Archives. It's really cool. Yeah. Although listening to Tarantino for more than thirty minutes might give you an embolism, but okay. Because what I'm trying to say, right, is like I have a big head. Like not like I'm full of myself, <laughs> but like it's like the Elephant Man, right? Like I yeah, cannot yeah. sleep laying uh, down, or I will die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's um. So, so as part of it, when the video store went out of business, 
uh, Quentin Tarantino made a deal with the owner to buy all the videotapes. And Roger Avery, because I think he was a bit more well-off at the time, bought all the laser discs. There is something called disc rot that, oh, especially if it's this. a lower-quality source disc, it'll just stop working. And it's not yep. the laser of your machine not working. It's not your player breaking down. It's just... And this is true of hard drives or any any media, really, is all physical in the end. It'll die at some point. Yeah. You have to transfer it to something else. If you're going to transfer it to something else, might as well be videotapes. So at the time when he's like, I'm the winner, I get all the Laserdisc stuff. Now he's like, I'm screwed, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great great show, though. It is. And and, and I'm going to actually send them fan mail. And to send them... Uh, a fan mail, you can't do it as an email. You have to mail a fucking letter to a P.O. box, which is Tarantino as shit. And I love that. He makes it a little bit difficult. Send it in a briefcase, and when you open the briefcase, it glows. (laughs) Yes. I think what I might do is order my last, uh, for now, physical copy of the films of Uwe Boll, Volume 1, and mail it to them. Just to see if they'll mention it on the show, because I want to know what Tarantino and Avery think of Uwe Boll. And my guess is neither of them have seen his films, but maybe not. Maybe he likes, (laughs) you never know. Tarantino likes some of that, uh, um, stuff that a lot of other people don't. So bit of a contrarian. All right. Well, this has been a very fun episode of sequel cast Two, looking at the death of physical media. I'm sure we could visit this topic every year and have new stuff to talk about. Totally. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at M A T W B T. You can follow me on Twitter uh, and on Instagram at W T two art. You got any books coming out Thrasher? Uh, Oh gosh. It's, it's, I believe, Leave. Uh, so I did. I did the Charioteers source book for Fading Suns, uh, the, oh, the new cool. edition by Ulysses Spiel. Uh, nice. It's a great book. You definitely need to check it out. Uh, I know. I know it should be available in PDF at various places uh, as of this recording. I don't yet know when it will be physically available. Um, it may. It may be physically available now, and I just wasn't informed. Or it might be like three months from now. But keep you know eye out, an eye out on that if you want the physical book. Since we're talking about physical media, that's great that you're continuing your relationship with them. Uh, that's um, that's really cool to have um, to work on something that's that uh, has that big re- name recognition and something you grew up playing. It's it's for for me. It's like being asked to do my own Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Alex. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crab at Nebula nineteen fourteen and drop by YouTube. Check out my um, YouTube channel, The Trailer Project. And hey, what the hell? I'm rarely sometimes on TikTok um, under the name Alex Miller Tron. Okay, so for a sequel cast two and friends, this is Matt. This is Thrasher. This is Alex. Same. Coming soon to DVD. The Water Archives have. Released lots of water movies. Give me some money. Buy my disc. Buy Buy my disc. Buy my disc. Everyone knows Collectivision was the best video format next to VCD. Coming soon, a new video title to complete your home video library. Watch as Robert Redford poops his pants. Y'all ever seen on uh, Amazon Women uh, from the Moon that that yes. uh, sketch comedy movie the the whole video pirate segment with the King of Cartoons? <laughs> That's pretty good, and I I like the the weirdly future thinking um, computer dating bit. Yeah, with uh, uh, Steve Gutenberg, I think. 
Oh yeah, and you <laughs> you can do a background check. <laughs> and they're using your back matrix printers, on. so it takes like two years to print something. Wider color spectrum. It's colors you've never seen on TV. More than twice as many colors as HD, and more than seventy-five percent of what the human eye can perceive. This is 